Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Amen. Thank you for your giving. It has already been an incredible place to be. Anybody thankful that you made it to the house of God today? Man, it's been so good. And I want to say before I introduce uh, a friend of this house and an amazing pastor, I just want to say, I, I, I would, Karen and I were thinking last night about when we started out here at Bethesda Church, and I just want to take a moment to give a shout out to many of those original members when we had about 70 people and you had this young couple that said hey we want to do crazy events to reach lost people uh we want to turn we want to do events like at the movies where we will build sets and who knows there may be dinosaurs involved i just want to say thank you to all those that have hung in there and said we want to be a part of a church that is reaching the unchurched can we give it up for all the people that said yes to doing anything possible to reach lost people for Jesus because without you, what we just witnessed would not be possible. And let's give Jesus a little praise right there as well. Amen. Hey, stay standing. I want everybody to stand on your feet. At this time, it's my privilege and my honor to introduce to you no stranger to this house all the way from Orlando, Florida. He always has a word in his belly ready to deposit into our church. Pastor Jonathan, we're truly honored you took time out of your schedule to be with us today. Uh, it's so good to have the guests and Scott to come back. Scott has been here all three times that, that Pastor Jonathan has been here. We love you guys, and we want you to take your liber liberty in the Lord. Can you guys give Pastor Jonathan Miller, come on, let's give him a big Bethesda welcome as he comes to share the Word of God with us today. Y'all give Jesus a big shout of praise this morning. Come on. You can do better than that. You just saw 30 people get baptized. My good God. It's, it's so good to be here and walking into this today. Pastor, stay standing for just a moment. I'm going to preach for about three hours, so you'll get plenty of time. I know we have a second service at like 1 o'clock today, but I'm a. You know, I asked Pastor Chad today about the, the great harvest of souls, and he told me about the people getting baptized, and I couldn't believe that I got to be a part of it. It just, man... Whew, give this preacher a minute because it never gets old seeing people giving their life to God and making that decision public. You may not know it, but you're in a revival here. So clap your hands and thank God for it. And of all the places that I get to go and, and privileged to travel and minister to, Bethesda, you really are one of my favorite churches. And I know you're all probably like, you say that to everybody. No, I don't. I don't say it to everybody. I mean it. It's your hospitality. Y'all treat me so good. And it also has to do with the fact that your pastor, look what he just dropped on my feet last trip I was here. How lovely are the feet of them. And, and I hadn't had a chance to show them off to him yet, so that's what I'm doing today. Y'all just let me get my praise on here. And then yesterday I get in the hotel room and he gave me another pair. Those things had so much fire on them I couldn't touch them yesterday. 
So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to invite myself back to preach another time just so I can show you that pair of shoes. Y'all give God some praise. I'm working this out. <laughs> I'm working this out. But listen, I love, I love coming here because every time I am here, I see the greatness of God on display. You guys are always growing and increasing. And I want to celebrate the season that you've been in. It's a season of multiplication. It's a season of harvest. And just as a friend of this house, I want to add my outside voice to encourage those leaders and volunteers, those of you that are serving week in and week out, those of you that got here around 7 o'clock this morning, let the church say amen. Come on. I want to celebrate you and encourage you to keep on keeping on because it's an amazing thing when the plowman begins to overtake the reaper and that's what's happening. You are sowing and while you're sowing, you're reaping. While you're praying, God is answering. And I want to declare and decree over you that your hands would continue to be strong, come on, and that you would continue to reap a great harvest. And I declare over you before I preach the word today, Bethesda, the best is yet to come. If you believe that, clap your hands and give God some praise. I also want to honor two of the greatest pastors in America, and I don't say that casually. There are people who can preach the pain off a barn, but they don't have any character. They don't have integrity. They don't love people. They love stages, but they don't love crowds. Come on, some. they love crowds, but they don't love people. You have two of the most genuine, authentic, loving pastors that I've ever met in my life. And I want you to value them and put your hands together and make the biggest shout you've given God all day and let your pastors know that you love them and appreciate them. But let me, let me say this, because I'm just, I'm trying to encourage some of y'all in some things today. Uh, I honor the friend that your pastor is. He's a great friend to me. He's an amazing leader in the body of Christ, not just here, but God is using him abroad as he travels to different churches in America, different parts of the world. And one of the greatest disadvantages of having such an amazing pastor is that you can't be selfish with him. Okay, half of you are going to get that later. You didn't like, but you got to share him with the world because there is a need as what you've recognized in his leadership. The world is calling for him as well. So make sure you don't get selfish. Make sure you share him, but don't ever forget y'all are home for him. All right. And Pastor Karen, the better half. Come on, somebody. Can we thank God for Pastor Karen? What an incredible woman of God, an incredible example of what a woman of God is to be. We love her and honor her today. If you would, just lift up your hands. This isn't just a sign of worship. It's also a sign of our surrender. It's our way of letting God know whatever you want to do today, however you want to do it, you just go ahead and do it. And so, Lord, with our hands lifted today, our hearts are open. We are thankful for this opportunity to gather. As we look at events around the world, we see how precious it is that we are able to assemble together to praise you and to bless you. I thank you that the anointing of the Holy Spirit is here today and that that anointing will not just break, but it will destroy yokes, that fear will go today, that heaviness will go today, and that as the word is preached, faith would come alive. Let your word be quick. Let it be powerful. Let it be sharper than a two-edged sword. And our greatest prayer today, please do not let us leave this room. Do not let us leave this moment online the same way that we came in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen. Would you clap your hands and give him one more big, big shout of praise. You may be seated. Now, I'm going to be sharing something this morning a little bit different than I will be in the second service, but I felt 
really the leading of the Holy Spirit to talk to you about some things today. And they asked me for a title. And I think if I put a title on this, it would be, it's about us. It's about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about us. Everyone say us. Because the body of Christ, the church, is bigger than a you. It's bigger than a me. It is about us. And I want to take some time to lean in and unpack some things that are found in one of my favorite verses of Scripture. It's very familiar. They can put it on the screen. It's Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. It powerfully but simply says that my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. I want to just say that again. My God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. If you believe that's a promise for this house, for your life, just clap your hands and give God some praise for that promise. Supply all of your needs. I, I want to I take some time and just show you how most Christians read this scripture and how most Christians process this scripture. And I'm not saying that there's necessarily anything wrong with this way of thinking or processing, but I am saying there may be a better way. So I want to show you how most Christians read Philippians 4.19, how most Christians process it. Um, let me give you this example. Uh, he, here I am. I'm not Jonathan Miller. I'm just John Doe, a, a regular, typical Christian. And I'm in my car. I'm on my way to work. How many of you go to work early in the morning? Wave your hand at me. Come on. You go to work early in the morning. And I'm in my car, and I'm listening to a good Christian podcast. I've got some good Christian preaching. i got Pastor Chad on full blast in my car. Come on, somebody. Because, you know, sometimes, especially on Monday mornings, you got to get your head right. Come on, you got to get your heart right. You work with some people. Come on, somebody. And so here I am, a good, typical Christian, John Doe. I'm in my car. I'm on my way to work, and I'm listening to this good Christian podcast. And the scripture that's being discussed on this podcast for the sake of our conversation today is Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all of your need. And I'm sitting in my car, and I'm like, okay, stop. I like that. Come on, somebody. Have you ever had a moment where you heard something from God, and you're like, whoop, that's just for me. I'm going to grab this. I like that. That resonates. That hits my spirit just right. Well, now hit the pause button on that and let's go another day, another two days. I'm on my phone and I get a notification from Bethesda Church. It's time for my scripture for the week. Come on, somebody. And you know what that scripture is? It's Philippians 4, 19. You ever had God tell you something, the same thing, but two different ways, two different days? Come on, church, talk to me. And you're like, okay, God, I ain't that smart, but you got my attention. I'm going to start listening. I'm going to start rehearsing this and imparting this into myself and just rehearsing. My God shall supply all of your need. And I'm going to get excited at the nine o'clock. Is that okay if I get excited? Because I'm going to start with my God shall supply all of my need. But somewhere in this, Pastor Chad, because I'm not just a Christian, I'm a good Christian. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this verse of scripture, watch me, and I'm going to personalize this bad boy. I'm going to take it from God shall supply all of your need. Come on, somebody. To God shall supply all of my need. I mean, I like the fact he's taking care of you. I wish I had some honest people in this church. But I'm really happy he's taking care of me. God, I wish someone would shout with me. I mean, I'm glad he's taking care of you, you, and you. But I'm really glad he's taking care of me, myself, and I. Come on, praise break, somebody. I'm glad. 
And you know what else I'm going to do because I'm a good Christian? I'm going to take that word all and I'm going to personalize that word. I'm going to claim the word all for my life. All is an amazing word. All is a powerful word. And because y'all are deep, you don't come to a nine o'clock service if you're not deep. So let me get you some definitions, some Hebrew and Greek. Are y'all ready for this? Get your notebook ready. Because the word all in the Greek and the Hebrew means all. Grab it before you miss it, write it down. I'm writing a book, all means all. That's what it means in the English, in the Hebrew and the Greek, all means all. Watch this and shout with me if I hit you where you're living today. All means all. That means if I need freedom, it falls under the category of all. If I need favor in my job, it falls under the category of all. If I need peace, power, prosperity, it falls under the category of all. If I need a healing, if I need a miracle, if I need a breakthrough, it falls under the category of all. If I need a mountain to move and valleys to be raised and waters to part, if I need my kids to come up off of drugs and my debt to be supernaturally canceled, if I need God to open up doors that I cannot, not open. It falls under the category of all. All means all. God shall supply all my need according to his riches. It don't matter the need. I got a God that shall supply all my. You better get up on your feet. Take 30 seconds. Clap your hands and thank God that he's the kind of God that'll supply all. You ain't praising him like he's an all kind of God. Everything I have need of my God shall supply all my need. All right, you can be seated. We're tracking okay? Everyone shout all. God shall supply all my need. So now watch this. This is how most Christians read this and how most Christians process it. But remember, I told you I think there's a better way. So let's unpack this. Are you all ready? There's a bug up here on me. Y'all pray for me. I just got attacked in West Virginia. Y'all saw it right there. I want to show you a better way of reading this and a better way of processing this. First, let me articulate to you that there's nothing wrong with making this an individual promise. Any promise you read from God, personalize it. Claim it for your own. But you have to remember that the promises of God are not first given to an individual. Stay with me. They're first given to the body corporately. Y'all understand that? And the only reason as an individual I can expect to receive any promise from God, healing, breakthrough, whatever, is because I have first, watch the preacher, I have first been connected to the body corporately. And the only reason that God will do anything for me as an individual because I have been connected to his body corporately. Let me say something, and I want you to shout here, even if you, you know, just give me a pre-shout, like I'll trust where you're taking us, Pastor Jonathan. I want to submit to you that there is no true blessing outside of the connection to the body of Christ. Now, I know there's false theology and ideology being propagated. It's 2023 and nobody wants to connect to nothing. Let the preacher preach good. Come on, somebody say amen. But let me submit to you that God will not move without his body. 
He will not go anywhere. He will not do anything outside of his body any more than I can leave this stage and stand out in that coffee-filled lobby, praise the Lord, without taking my body with me. I cannot go there and leave my body here. So God won't move. God won't touch. God won't go anywhere outside of his body. So it's good to personalize promises, but don't ever get it twisted. He ain't doing it for you. He's doing it for us. So instead of reading this scripture and personalizing it in that way, God shall supply all of my need. That's good, but I'm going to show you a better way. Instead of reading it and processing it that way, Bethesda, can I show you a better way of reading this? Nod your head and say yes if you're ready. I want to show you a better way of reading this and processing this. So tech team, if you're all ready, let's put up our picture here. I want you guys to see what I want to show you. That's your church. Give God praise because you look good on camera. And just keep that picture up and I want you to continue to focus. I'm no longer processing this scripture from a me perspective. I wanna process it from an us perspective. Something happens when you stop looking at yourself and you start looking at each other. My God shall supply all of your need. Don't miss this because I no longer am just seeing me. I am now seeing us. I don't see me as one by myself. I see me as one, a part of something greater. So it's no longer just my need. It has now become your need. It has become our need. You have to understand the word all doesn't just refer to the totality of your need, but rather it refers to the totality of the body of Christ in which you are a part of. So you've got to understand when I begin to pray according to this revelation, it's not me, it's us. I begin to realize it's not just my freedom, it's your freedom and your freedom and your freedom. It's not just favor I need. I see favor on you, on you. It's not just my healing, no. It's your healing, it's your healing, it's your breakthrough, it's your mountain being moved, it's your waters being parted. See, it's not just about you. Baby, it's so much bigger than you. It's not about you, it's about us. And for every individual that got saved uh, over the last few weeks, it's not just your salvation. Your grandchildren that ain't even born are gonna come in because of what you did with a moving dinosaur in your lobby. Come on, somebody. Every baptism, it's not about you it's about give God some praise you're a part of that you can take that picture down so this revolutionizes the way that I pray I no longer pray for my needs I begin to pray for our needs because I realize if God does it for the body he's going to do it for me now I've got a 13 year old and a 12 year old they're both little girls and they're both beautiful and they have daddy wrapped around their hand. Can the church say amen? amen? Many times, these intelligent, smart, clever, deceptive teenagers of mine, <laughs> they know how to get me to move. If they come up to me and say, I want money or I want this, I want to go there, I'm probably going to say no because that's what parents do. Come on, shake your head. But they have found a way to convince me 
that individual blessings in their life can bring corporate family blessings. Now, what is today? October 29th. Christmas is not, it's, it's a little ways away. But before I left, my 12-year-old daughter comes in with her cute face. Don't let her fool you now. And she says, Dad, I want to set up Christmas decorations. And I said, Christmas is 19 months away. <laughs> no. She goes and asks her mom. Come on, she's a good teenager. Can we set up? Mom says, ask dad. She said, I did. He said, no. Mom said, then the answer is no. So Juliana, my 12-year-old, comes running back into dad and says, don't you think it would relax you? <laughs> oh, y'all ain't ready for me. Dad, you've been traveling. Oh, bless your heart. Just sit down and relax. And let's turn on the Christmas music. She puts on Mariah Carey. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Wrapped in red. She's playing this. She turns on the pine-smelling candles, and she goes, don't you feel better already? And I said, no, this is stressing me out, to be quite honest with you. We're not going to be setting up Christmas. So then she comes in five minutes later and said, you know how happy you'd make mom if you were spontaneous? <laughs> Look, I got some car salesmen up in my house, you know? They wheeling and kneeling. She said, wouldn't it make mom, and I thought to myself, self? Yeah, that'd make mom real happy if I was spontaneous. But she knew she still didn't get me. She said, I talked to Gemma, that's my oldest. And you know, Gemma doesn't like to do much. She's very athletic and active, but when it comes to stuff around the house, she's always before the Lord somewhere else. She said, Dad, I talked to Gemma, and even Gemma wants to set up Christmas. Wouldn't it make you feel good, Dad, to know that I, as your daughter, your oldest daughter, and your wife, wouldn't that bring you joy? Can I tell you, we got half of our Christmas decorations set up before. <laughs> Once she sold me on what it would do for the corporate family, there was no way I could resist her desire because she knew if she wanted Christmas, she had to get Christmas to the rest of the house. And some of you have been so worried about getting a blessing to your house, you've gotten it mixed up. You've gotten it backwards. You need to begin to set every bit of your prayer, your praise, and your worship, and your attention on getting God to bring Christmas to this house. Because if he brings Christmas to this house, baby, he'll bring it to your house. Come on and make some noise. If he brings healing to this house, he'll bring healing to your house. If he brings revival to this house, he'll bring revival to your house. It's not about you. It's not about me. It is about us. So God breathe on us. Move on us. Heal us. Deliver us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about us. Because I'm getting ready to close. This is such a revolutionary way to pray. This is how we're praying in our church. When I started off in ministry, I was praying a lot for things in my life and I was 
Tell people, encourage them. Believe for your healing. Believe for your miracle. That's the word of God. Individualize it and claim it. But a church that's on the precipice of doing things that are so beyond even where you are today. This is just the beginning, Bethesda. For a church that's cutting edge, a church that's on the precipice, God requires of you to stop praying in a mirror and begin to pray through the lens of what I showed you on that screen. So when you are going to work in the morning, go ahead and bless your children and go ahead and bless your grandbabies and go ahead and bless the kids that aren't saved. But you better make sure you squeeze in about five to seven minutes to say, Lord, I thank you for every mom that's at Bethesda. And I thank you for every dad that's at our church that's believing for their son and their daughter to get saved. I thank you for quickening wombs with women that can't have a baby. I thank you for supernatural favor. If you take seven minutes to pray for favor for those in this house, you'll walk into your job on Monday and get a fat raise dumped right into your lap. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about us. At the movies was a win, not for the staff, not just because your family came in, we celebrate that, but at the movies is a win for us. Every salvation is a win for us. Every baptism is a win for us. Every clap we clap is one for us. Every praise and worship we give God is not just for us or by ourselves individually, it is for us. So watch this, I wanna declare something over you over these next few minutes. I was praying this last night. I was praying for miracles to come to this house like never before. And those baptisms that you saw today, now watch me and look at me in my eyes because I mean this with all my heart. I have watched in Nigeria, tumors disappear under my hand. Golf ball tumors, gone. I have watched people in America who have had seven inches of their spinal cord surgically removed get up for the first time in nine years and walk. Those are miracles. But you will never, ever, ever witness a miracle as great as the miracles you've witnessed over the last few weeks as people have stood out of their seat and made a decision for Jesus to become their Savior and their Lord. You'll never witness a greater miracle than what we saw with this man of God jumping in that water today and getting baptized. This is not a miracle just for him, although we rejoice and celebrate. Baby, that's, I was crying like that was my dad right there. I was crying like I'm a member of Bethesda Church because I am a member of the kingdom. It's not about you. It's not about me. It is, it's about us. So I want to declare and decree over you today that blessings are coming to us. Favor is coming to us. A season of miracles is coming. I feel the anointing on this us thing. I said, I feel the anointing on this us thing. It's coming to us. I declare new levels of power and authority are coming to us. New levels of miracles and the supernatural coming to us. Growth and increase is coming to us. Resources are coming to us. Open doors are coming to us. If you receive that today, not for you, but for us, clap your hands and give God one more shout. Oh, come on, praise him like you know miracles are coming to us. Now, I'm not quite done. Be seated. I'm not, I'm not quite done, but if I could get someone on the keys just behind me as I close. I want to encourage you over the next five minutes and then I'm gonna pray over you. But I wanna shift 
I'm trying to talk to you about shifting the way you pray and believe. But give me three to five minutes to shift the way you praise. Thank you for saying amen, because I'm gonna help you. When you pray and no longer look at you and look at others, it brings a corporate blessing. But the same principle happens when you begin to realize that my praise is not just for me. My praise is for someone else that's around me. Someone that's connected to me. Now, now listen, if you come in here on Sundays and your praise is based on who you are, where you are, and what you're feeling, your praise will be really hot one Sunday, but the next Sunday, it won't be quite as hot because your praise is based on how you feel and what you need, not realizing that someone around you needs the shout even more than you do. I'll ask this question and I know the answer to it. Have you ever come in here and seen Pastor Chad or Pastor Karen just say, sorry guys, I'm, I can't bring it today. I just don't, sorry, been a rough week and I don't have a word. No, they're always up. They're always preaching. They're always encouraging because they understand that someone in this room is depending on their ability to be strong in God. That's the maturation, the maturity of seasoned leadership. If God could raise up that spirit and that mindset in each and every one of you, that even though you may never grab a microphone, you may never come up here on this stage, your mouth in the back row is your microphone. Your hand being lifted up and your hands clapping that's your sermon to preach. Because someone sitting on that second to last row, they may see what's going on on the stage and everyone praising God. And they're like, that's great for them up there, but I'm sitting here and I'm feeling what I'm feeling. But if someone next to me shouts and lifts up their hands, well, that just might get on me. And I might just say, whew, if they can praise him back here, I'm gonna praise him back here. What you do is you begin to echo the message, whether it's a message coming from your worship team or a message coming from your pastors. Every time you say, Yes, and see at New Beginnings in Orlando, we're not a traditional church, so we don't say things like amen. A lot of churches, amen. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I grew up saying amen. But what we do in our church and we hear something, we're just like, ah! If you ever come to my church, you'll think we're like, literally we're on fire because you just see a bunch of people ah! running around like this. But you know, we got, they do it on our worship team all the time. They scream and it makes me go, ah! When I go, ah, everybody else goes, ah, and before you know it, the church is just, man, it's like Pentecost, you know, 
fire and Holy Ghost and upper room stuff because it's not what the worship team is doing. It's not what I'm doing as the pastor. It's that the congregation is getting, this word isn't just for me. It's not just about me. It's bigger than me. My shout is bigger than me. My response to the word is bigger than me. Cause if I say yes about my kids, it puts a yes in their spirit for their kids. That's why you can't take a Sunday off. You can't miss a Sunday from clapping. Come on, let's try it. Let me see if you got hands. Let me see. There they are. There they are. There they are. You can't take no Sunday off. I know you're coming out of at the movies. I know it was like triple time overtime, but you can't take a Sunday off. Because someone here today needs that clap. Somebody here today needs that clap. Somebody here today needs that shout. Stay standing, stay standing. Every service, that worship, worship produces the supernatural. I don't have time to teach it, you've been taught well. But when people worship Jesus in the New Testament, miracles inevitably happened. And look, sometimes we gotta stop being so focused on getting the miracle in the room and just be focused on getting the miracle worker in the room. I'm not trying to get my healing in the room. I'm not trying to get my, I'm trying to get Jesus in the room. Cause if I can get him in this room, he'll get in my living room, my bedroom, my bathroom. He'll be waiting for me in my hotel room today. I gotta get him in. So I'm gonna encourage you before I pray. And in this season, don't you take any moment off of your shout. Don't take any moment off of your praise. I would love to see very soon you sing so loud that it overrides the sound system. I was in Houston, Texas just a few weeks ago, 22,000 people for a prayer meeting. They had me preach for 15 minutes and they prayed for six hours. If you ask me what they prayed, I can't tell you. If you ask me what they sang, I cannot tell you. If you ask me what I preach, I could tell you by memory, but I didn't hear a word that came out of my mouth. Because even though they had $350,000 worth of speakers, I couldn't hear a word being said over those speakers because the sound of 22,000 people prevailed over the sound of those speakers and of those subwoofers. What I'm trying to tell you is the greatest message this man will ever preach is when you begin to preach it louder than he preaches it, stronger than he preaches it, with greater power and demonstration than the way he preaches it. So I want to show heaven and hell alike. There's a church here in West Virginia called Bethesda that's not contending for ourselves. We're contending for us. There will be a revival in this region. There will be a revival in this region. Come on, somebody. Shout like you believe it. Yeah. The harvest is just getting ready to come in. So we're going to shout every Sunday. We're going to scream every Sunday. We're going to clap and we're going to worship because we realize it's not about me. It's not about you. It truly is about us. I wanna encourage you by the Holy Ghost today. And I don't say this everywhere, I can't say it, but I know the integrity of this house and the integrity of their hearts. Whatever you make happen for this house, God will begin to make happen for your house. You better clap and shout, you better grab that. Whatever you make happen for this house, God will make happen 
for this house. You take care of the needs of this house. God will take care of the needs of your house. And I declare today, today with your hands lifted that household salvation for our families is coming to us. I know you've seen some family members give their life to Jesus, but there's a whole lot more that are yet to come. And I declare they're coming to us. They're not just coming to you, they're coming to us. Favor is coming to us. Open doors like never before is coming to us. I declare and decree God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. I declare freedom is ours. Favor is ours. Peace, power, prosperity, joy, and hope. With your hands lifted, there's a wave of healing coming to us. There's a wave of deliverance coming to us. I declare mountains are moving for us. Waters are parting for us. Valleys are being raised for us. God! is fighting for us. God loves us. And if God loves us, who can be against us? There's a fresh fire coming to us. The river of life is flowing to us. I came to declare and decree there's a blessing coming to this house. And when it jumps on this house, it's going to jump on your house. You better clap your hands and give God the biggest praise you've given him all day. Praise him like you believe it. Praise him like you believe it today. Now I want to do something here before I turn the service over. You guys have been in a great season of harvest and you've been casting out a net every week. But I believe there's a few people in this room today that need to give a full commitment to a God that did not die a partial death, did not bleed some blood. Every drip of his blood was let out of his body. He didn't die partially. He died fully. And you want to know something else? He wasn't raised from the dead partially. He was raised from the dead completely. Give him praise for that. I, I'm not... I'm not necessarily just coming after those of you that don't go to church and this is your first time being in church in a few months. I wanna to talk to those of you today. If I could just be honest, some of you actually have a pretty good relationship with the Lord in a sense that you pray, you read your Bible, you come to church, maybe not as much as you should, but you're pretty faithful. I'm talking to those of you that have in a sense, relationship with God, but there's a part of your heart and a part of your life you're struggling with and you've yet to surrender it. Maybe you're struggling with a sin, a bondage, an addiction, a dysfunction. Man, maybe it's a generational curse that you just can't seem to get lifted off of you. A family iniquity. Maybe you're just struggling to be the dad, the mom, the husband, the wife that God's called you to be struggling to be the dad or the, the man or the woman that God's called you to be. I'm talking to those of you who have a part of your life that God has yet to touch because you've yet to give. He's standing at the door of your heart today knocking. Not just because he wants you, but because we need you. We need you sold out on fire, committed and giving everything to God so we can have what God's promised us. 
Somebody today is about to raise their hand and when you do, you won't be raising it for you. You're raising it for a son, a daughter that you don't even have yet. Grandchildren that haven't even been born yet, but will be impacted because you had the courage on this Sunday morning, October 29th, to say, I'm gonna give everything, I'll withhold nothing. I need heads bowed and eyes closed because in just a moment, I'm gonna ask you to throw up your hand if that's you today. I wanna pray over you. And I'm so thankful we are in a place of sanctuary where our weaknesses are safe, where our vulnerability can be rewarded by love and by being embraced. I thank God that we're in a place that is a judgment-free zone. I'm glad we're in a place that understands what Paul said, that we are all sinners saved by grace, but by the grace of God, there go I. I'm thankful that we can lift our hand today in boldness and in courage knowing that we're in a place of safety and a place of restoration. I'm talking to those of you today that have been holding back a part of your life. It can be again a sin, just the thing you're, you're dealing with. It could be a bondage, an addiction, a generational curse. I'm going to count to three and when I do, you're gonna throw your hand up if that's you. you. Say, Pastor Jonathan, I'm ready to give it all. I'm ready to surrender all of it. You have convinced me today through the power of God that I need to surrender everything to Him and I'm ready to do it. If that's you, when I count to three, you're just gonna throw up a hand. I don't care which hand, right hand, left hand, don't matter. I just wanna see you. I wanna give an account before God with you and I wanna pray over you. If you're ready to withhold nothing, give everything you have. When I count to three, throw that hand up. One, two, three, throw that hand up. Hands are going up all over this room. Hands, keep those hands lifted. God bless you. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. Hands there. Come on. I see hands all over this room. I see hands. I see hands all over this room. I see hands. I see hands all over this room. God bless you. I see your hand. Now here's what we're going to do. Every one of you that waved your hand, I'm going to count to three again. And when I count to three this second time, you're going to boldly, proudly, quickly, confidently, don't hurt anybody, but you're going to be happy. You know, when I was a kid, they used to play that show Price is Right, and those people would run down front over the chance of possibly winning something they couldn't afford the tax on even if they did win. Come on, somebody. And all I'm asking you to do today is if you raised your hand, you run down here like the price really is right, like the day is really right. If that's you and you waved your hand, one, two, three, come down front. Let me pray with you. Come on, Bethesda, put your hands together. Come on, come on. From the back, I see you. Come on, Bethesda. Praise God with them. This isn't just a them moment. It's an us moment. Come on, clap your hands. Clap your hands. Don't you stop clapping till every one of them gets down here. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. On a baptism Sunday, come on, somebody. Give God some praise. Give God some praise. Give God some praise. Give God some praise. With our hands lifted, let's just sing something one or two times. And those of you that are up front, I'm gonna pray for you in just a moment. I want you to lift up your hands, everyone in this house, lift up your hands. And let's just sing something for a minute or two, worshiping him. This is gonna be a life-changing moment, not for you alone, but for everyone that's connected to you. Let's lift our hands and worship him. Come on, just for a moment, let's bless him. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.